You are Locked On LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, let's get it. Locked On LSU, your team every day. I'm Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, CST. Right here for the Locked On LSU podcast. Basketball Tigers, losers again. Another blowout loss at the hands of Alabama. We will recap that game. National Signing Day recap and caught up with former LSU ace Anthony Renato. Spent a lot of time this offseason with LSU's current ace, Jaden Hill. So we get to all of that here over the next 20 minutes or so. Glad you're with us. Let's start with LSU basketball. Losers, 78-60 to on the road in Tuscaloosa at the hands of, of a top 10 Alabama team yet again. Just a few weeks after LSU lost by 30 to Alabama, uh, Ty turned the trick again, almost inexplicably. Uh, LSU has struggled over the years mightily at um, at Coleman Coliseum. Uh, since that building opened, I share this on my radio show on Wednesday, since that building opened in 1968, LSU has won just nine times, nine times in 52 attempts now. So that means LSU is 9-43 and at Coleman Coliseum after last night's game. So uh, I'll delve into it, give you my thoughts. Here was Will Wade, what he had to say after the Tigers lose again. Obviously a difficult night offensively. I thought we guarded them pretty well the first 30 minutes until the game got out of hand. Did a better job guarding the three-point line, but you know when you do that, you got to win some one-on-one matchups off the bounce, which we didn't do enough of. Offensively, you know, we started the second half 0 for 8. That's not going to get it done. And we missed, I think we were 0 for 2 from the free throw line, 0 for 8 from the field. Then we had another stretch right after that. I think after we made our basket, I think we went 1 for 9. I think we were 1 for 17 for a stretch there in the second half, which, you know, I mean, we're just not capable of overcoming that, especially on the road against a very good team. We just missed a lot of shots at the rim. Now their length and athleticism had something to do with it, but we we had a lot of, a lot of misses at the rim. So I think there's a couple of ways that we have to look at this game. Um, Defensively, the first go-round against Alabama was an absolute abomination. You allowed 105 points and an SEC record 23 made three-pointers. You actually were good enough defensively to be in this ballgame. I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that allowing 78 points makes you elite because it's not, but Alabama was just 25% from three. Uh, they were 6 of 24, not nearly the toward pace they shot in Baton Rouge, obviously, and you were much better there. You had to be better there, and LSU was. That was the change. They ran shooters and often contested threes, and Bama just wasn't as hot as they were. John Petty, who can be a really streaky shooter, as we all know, during his years in Alabama, uh, John Petty wasn't on, missed his first three uh, attempts, and for the game, finished with just six points. So you did some good things there. Flip side of it is Shackelford had 19, and Reese had that 13, and Gary had 12 off the bench, and Ellis had 10 off the bench. Two double-digit scores. Uh, Quinterly had 10 off the bench. He had three double-digit scores off the bench, whereas LSU's bench production was non-existent. Seven total points off the bench. Six from Gaines. One from Sharif O'Neal, another night where all of your scoring came from Cam Thomas and Javante Smart. Just a major problem for this team right now. There's no way around it. But defensively, 
you played well enough to be in this game. The problem is offensively, you were awful. And, you know, Darius Days not being there obviously matters. You know, when Days is pushing on double-double territory, that's when LSU's playing its best. When he's, you know, in that 10 to 15 point range and giving you 8 to 10 rebounds, you know, two, three offensive rebounds a game, you get second chance points. That's when LSU's at its best. And you didn't have Darius Days last night. Josh LeBlanc started, and it obviously impacted this basketball team. Good on LSU for making a run at the end of the first half to make it manageable. It's 36-30 at the half. Um, but to start the second half, LSU misses its first eight. Bama, I think seven of its first nine they made. Three of them were three-pointers, and just like that, you know, a six-point game is uh, pushing on 20 points, and the game's over, which is basically where it stayed for the remainder of the game. So that part of it's disappointing, but the, there is a bigger picture reality. Um, and I want to touch on that, but, you know, when you've now lost four out of five and back-to-back losses to top ten teams, uh, one of them close, one of them not, it's fair to wonder where this team's morale is, and Will Wade talked about that. We're not exactly pleased. We, you know, we've lost to Alabama twice in that span. Um, we lost to Kentucky on the road, and then we lost a close one to, to Texas Tech. But, you know, our, our guys aren't pleased. Our staff's not pleased. I'm not pleased, but it's on us to fix it. Nobody's feeling sorry for us. You know, people are, probably have a lot of doubt and a lot of uh, venom our way, and, and it's on us to fix it. I stand by. We've got, we've got good players. We've got a good staff. We've got good people. Uh, to this point in the season, we haven't played to our potential. And, you know, that's on me as the head coach. There's no excuses from me. You know, as you know, the time's running out and we've got to start taking advantage of, of these opportunities and and uh, and, and start, uh, start moving forward and moving forward um, quickly. You know, I think it is worth noting. Uh, well, first of all, it's encouraging that people care because they've had a lot of fire the coach uh, calls on social media, et cetera. And that's certainly not the, the standard by which all things should be measured. But it's nice that people care about LSU basketball. That's one. Um, I would say also that you know LSU wasn't supposed to go on the road and beat Alabama. So the fact that they lost that game isn't altogether stunning or shocking or maddening. And we also knew when you looked at the schedule, the beginning and the end, we've talked about this a bunch, the beginning and the end were very manageable. The middle was a meat grinder. Well, now you're going through that middle. You're in, you started five and one. Now you're in the meat grinder and you have really four manageable games after your next three. The key is to get to go into those four, Auburn, Georgia, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, in a place where you can still make a push to play for something relevant, namely an NCAA tournament berth. But to do that, you've got to find a way to win two of your next three. You got Florida at Mississippi State and Tennessee. I think the road game at State is manageable and you need to split home games against Florida and Tennessee. If you can win them both, great. But keep in mind what's out there. Florida and Tennessee are both ranked. That's They're both at home. Florida just lost to South Carolina. Tennessee lost to Ole Miss this weekend, scored only 50 points. My point is, those games are winnable if you play at your best. And if you manage to, to get two of your next three, you split Florida and Tennessee and you beat Mississippi State, you've got at least one quality win on your resume. You don't have any bad losses, and you're at eight wins in the conference with four manageable games to go. You could finish 12 and six. Now, I think that's probably a a best case sort of optimistic scenario, but they need to get Darius Days back, and they've just got to play better basketball and commit themselves to playing their best game of the year Saturday against Florida. That's really it. I mean, 
you had your 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 back-to-back losses to Bama, Kentucky. You beat A&M, and now you've lost two more to Texas Tech and Alabama, a couple of top 10 teams where one of them you, you gagged away a golden opportunity, the other you got blown out. But the point is, if you can get this win against Florida, the entire complexion of the remainder of the season changes. That's on Will Wade to get this team ready to roll Saturday at the Maravich Center. We'll certainly give you a full preview of that on Friday's edition of the Locked on LSU podcast. We're here brought to you by Rock Auto and rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Of course, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why go through the pointless and intimidating questioning and wait on the countermen to order parts on his computer, choosing only the brands that his warehouse has. Don't do that. You have a computer, and you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com. Every part for every car you could ever want, even motor oil and windshield wipers, uh, taillights or carpet. They've got it all at rockauto.com. When you get to check out, there's a how did you hear about us box. Make sure you typed in type in locked on. We'd appreciate that. And remember, rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. Hosted by Peter Bukowski, it's all the sports news you need every morning in less than 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Yesterday, Wednesday, was National Signing Day, and as predicted, it was an uneventful day for LSU. Tigers went into the day with 20 signees, and they had two solid verbal commitments, and both of those verbal commitments did, in fact, make it official, jumping in the boat, a signing with LSU. Savion Jones, the defensive end out of um, of, uh, St. James, has now signed his letter of intent with LSU. Weak side defensive end, 6'5", 240, number 161 overall, the sixth best player in Louisiana, the bet, the 10th best weak side defensive end in the country. And then uh, LSU also uh, landed a signature from Kimo Macaneoli, um, a three-star offensive lineman out of the state of Florida, 6'4", 285, ranked number 439 overall, the 23rd best offensive guard in the country, who could well end up playing center at LSU also. Ed Ogeron has been pretty clear. With three spots remaining, best player available, transfer portal. Well, the best player available is Brian Thomas, the wide receiver out of Walker. If he decides that he wants to be a part of LSU's class, you absolutely take him. If you don't get him, that's not devastating because this has been an amazing wide receiver class already. You've got Deion Smith already on campus. Of course, when you look at the in-state guys, Chris Hilton out of Zachary uh, is signed, and he'll be here in the summer. 
And, of course, you've also got an extremely talented class of receivers already on campus, uh, headlined by Kayshawn Booty, who was last year's five-star and top player in the state of Louisiana. So you'd love to have Brian Thomas, but if you don't get him, that's not devastating. What will be really interesting to watch is, remember, as expected, the NCAA it will have a blanket transfer waiver where every player who transfers will be immediately eligible because of COVID and everything that transpired, which means you don't necessarily have to target a grad transfer or a lower-level guy. There may be a Power 5 you know, linebacker or offensive lineman that wants to go play immediately and play at LSU, and you take that guy if they can give you immediate help. The thing that Ed Ogeron and his staff have to consider this year is remember, if you take up a spot in a class, you're taking a four-year spot for a one-year guy. Now, if that player is an immediate impact guy, like Cole Tracy was in 2018, it's a no-brainer. But the flip side of it is what happened this past year. You signed Darren Evans, the cornerback from Nichols, and he just wasn't ready to play at this level. And so you wasted a spot. You'd much rather have had that spot to backfill and sign 26 this year as opposed to having Darren Evans take a spot for one year and not really contribute. So that lesson hopefully has been learned by the staff, and if they do dip into the transfer market as expected, they will at linebacker, offensive line, if they can find suitable players. They take guys that are going to be immediate impact contributors for this football team. But as it stands, LSU uh, with the fourth best class in the country, still with three spots available, and third best in the SEC with uh, Bama signing uh, their hall and uh, Georgia ahead of LSU as well. All right, it is the Locked On LSU podcast. We will talk some LSU baseball, but i got to remind you about betonline.ag, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Of course, betonline.ag, never more important than this Sunday because it is Super Sunday, and there's never been more ways to bet the big game than with betonline.ag. You can, of course, bet the money line or the point spread, you can bet the total or hundreds, literally hundreds of prop bets available at betonline.ag from who's going to win the coin toss to will it be heads or tails to totals over, under, rushing, passing, receiving, touchdowns. There are hundreds of ways to bet the big game, and you can do it all at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. It is the online betting site I personally have used for about a decade now. It is safe, secure, it's easy to navigate. If you've always been interested about sports betting as it's become more popular and in vogue and more available, see to shining sea, you can do so with a free account at betonline.ag. It is free to sign up. You deposit funds into your into your account there to wager with, and when you do, use the promo code Locked On and they'll give you a 50% welcome bonus. Again, betonline.ag. When you go to deposit funds, there's a promo code tab, add locked on, and they'll give you a 50% welcome bonus. So deposit 1000 bucks, they'll give you $500 free to play with. That's online at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on the Tigers doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks with quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. Just a few weeks away from the start of the LSU baseball season, of course, a lot of eyes on Jaden Hill, potential 1-1 guy come draft time. Uh, Anthony Renato, former LSU uh, ace, first-round draft pick, uh, spent a lot of time with Jaden Hill this offseason and knows what it's like to be the ace at LSU going into a money year. 
had a chance to visit with uh, Anthony and talk about what it's like for Jaden Hill right now uh, preparing for this season where he's going to be the ace of this staff. Prep. It's just it's it's mental prep. It's physical prep. It's it's all the work that you've put in for a long time coming to fruition. So and honestly, it's just like making sure that you, you're getting through these next couple of weeks. Honestly, mm-hmm. like I guarantee you that his velocity is not going to I could be wrong, but I, I don't think his velocity is going to be what it's going to be on opening night these next couple of weeks just because. I really think it's a subconscious thing. You're like, all right, I'm just feeling certain things. I'm trying to get my feel. I'm trying to make sure that I'm healthy. Everything feels good. And I just got to get to that Friday night. That's it. And then when the lights come on, it's go. So what what do you expect? So you worked with him this summer. Mm-hmm. Give me like a little bit of a, of a thumbnail or scouting report, what you saw this summer throwing with, with Jaden. First of all, he's an incredible human being. So like, that's the first thing. And that was why I spent so much time with him. I think him and I spent almost every day together, probably for three or four months. He moved into my house at one point just because it was just easier from 25 minute drive, you know, cause I yeah. live out in U club and stuff. So he was crashing with me at one of the rooms in my house and we were working out in my garage. We were doing ankle mobility, hip mobility. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, like glute activation. We were going out to the fields in U club and throwing, we were going over to the church field across from F 45 and throwing and stuff. Yeah. And like cars were beeping at us and yeah, it was, <laughs> it was uh, dude, it was awesome. But it was just, it was, I'd never seen a kid like him in the sense of the raw ability and then him explaining to me his career path and the way that he thinks and like in the sense of like, oh crap, you haven't even dipped your toe into your potential yet. Like, mm-hmm. and that's scary because you see 96 to 99 in Houston, you know, with 15, 20,000 people there. And you're like, this guy knows how to turn it on on the biggest, with the biggest stage. Now let's get his foundation, right? Let's get him understanding the difference between pain and injuries, right? And have that foundation, that strength and that confidence going into this year. It's going to be scary. I'm that's, excited. That's something you've taught. You just said that you and I went deep into that one time, the difference with pain and injuries yeah. and knowing like when you need to pause and when you can sort of push through. Yep. Where because that that kind of that was the thing his freshman year and yep. unfortunately we just didn't get to see a full season last year I know that was so disappointing for so many but especially with the way he pitched in Houston yeah. but where physically where would you say with respect to that with health where is he yeah so I I was just doing I did another interview I guess they had media week and he mentioned my name a few times so I just did another interview and that's what they were talking about they were like well what do you think about the fall his numbers were down a little bit and I was like I think his goal in the fall was prove to himself himself just himself that he can go five or six innings so I think that ability that confidence um for him to do that is is the game changer and that's what I think is what we're going to see from Jaden Hill this year is a, is a confident new energy type of guy a guy that's willing to share his knowledge with his teammates and do some, not that he wasn't before mm-hmm. but the knowledge of hey that's that's just soreness bro like we got to figure out how to get through that right let's do some massage go in with Corey spend some more time with him ask him questions understand what that bicep muscle is it's not your elbow right like understanding the difference between structural damage and then like some fatigue or things like that and then as we threw every single day and we long toss and we progressed he was like I've never long tossed like this I've never thrown like this consistently and felt this good every day and I was like it's because you just never got the reps so I think just the amount of reps is going to be the game changer for him this year it's so exciting uh, Anthony Renato is in studio with us what was it like take me back to I guess that would have been the 11 season no the 10 season my, my junior year yeah, your yeah, junior yeah, 2010 yep. so that's right eight was a was a your rehab which came back for omaha yep. and, and got we well, got the final out at the, at the old box of yeah. course. um but you and then you weren't the front of the rotation guy in nine right colt oh. lewis did that so it was interesting so uh, that was 08, a, yeah i technically was the friday guy but lewis was definitely the ace right he was the yeah. sec pitcher of the year he yeah. won 14 games he was the guy like but he was also on friday night if i pitched six innings Maneri pitched him two innings, and then Matty Ott came in, right? And he would come start Sunday. Come start Sunday. Yeah, so, so I was yeah. thinking he would start Friday and then come back Sunday. Yeah. But no, he would he would say close Friday. Yeah. And then, so, but 
It, he had that then, rubber arm thrown like down here, you know, dude, like just doing that weird stuff. It's all the Kentucky's best hemp, right? I mean, that's, that's it. That's what it um, I talked to him yesterday. Great dude. dude he's out of Twitter jail. I'm pumped for him. He was off of Twitter for like a year. He couldn't. He his couldn't, self thing or somebody put him in the Lewis Coleman Twitter account, the blue check mark account. He, for some reason, Twitter like banned him. For, and he's like the most unassuming guy. Like of all <laughs> I know, people, right? Lewis Coleman. Man, Lewis Coleman. But uh, he, he's out of, he popped up on my Twitter timeline the other day. I was that's pumped awesome. to see him. But um. But but ten was really the year where it was it was you right. Um, what what changed or does anything change when you when you know that like you're the guy? Yeah, go. It's you. I think that's the thing that I loved about working with Jaden this year is I can teach him everything that I learned from that experience. I was I was I pitched 125 innings that year in the sophomore year we won the championship and I didn't pitch that summer going in and then I, my velocity dropped. I had an injury right. There was all these different things. And I was projected number one overall, like above Bryce Harper at one point. I was preseason, like serious. That's, no, my, claim, that's, that's my claim. That's my claim to fame, right? So there. Yeah, Dude, seriously. Your claim to fame should be that you homered at Wrigley. I mean, that, <laughs> that's a way better claim to fame. It's definitely way better. I mean, yeah. that's that, that's actual fact. Like the, the thing that I'm claiming, like that's baloney. But I just I just like to say that. Okay, you know, for my own Bryce Harper. <laughs> Who's he? Yeah, right. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was it was preseason Golden Spikes, like all the things that he's going through right now, right? And I think for me, I was like, okay, I'm that guy, but I felt like I always had to be like, let me go prove it. Let me go prove it. And I was like, looking back on it, I would have told 20-year-old Anthony or you know, 19-year-old, hey, dude, just be you. Just be the guy that they're already telling you to be. And that's what I'm telling Jaden is, let's just get a, the best version of Jaden. Let's understand you the best, not try to be better than Kumar Rocker or the next guy or be the best pitcher in college baseball so we can win the national championship. Just be the best version of Jaden right now. So I think those kind of lessons are going a long way. And those are the things that I learned from my journey, even little things of like, you're the man in 2000. Well, I was the man in 2010. I didn't sign autographs the way I should have and taken gratitude and understood what I had here at LSU. And those are the things that I'm teaching Jaden. Even if you get lit in three innings, you're going to stand that line and sign autographs for an hour. I'm going to tell you to do it because that's what I learned and what I wish I could go back and do because those are the people that are ultimately supporting you, giving you that energy when you go out there. And they're, they're the ones that are going to support you long term. So have some gratitude and it actually reprograms your brain when you when you can say thank you for asking for my autograph versus yeah. walking out the back door and being like, they don't need that. And I'm like, whatever, my autograph's worth too much, <laughs> you know? But that's what I was brainwashed to think at 19. Yeah. Like somebody told me that. I was like, hey, the more autographs you sign, you're going to water down your autograph. Don't sign things for people. You're going to be a first round. You're going to make this much money. You got to be careful with your autograph. I didn't know any better. I'm listening. I didn't have any a dad that played in the big leagues to tell me otherwise, you know, yeah. or an uncle or a brother or anything. So I was like, I'm listening to my sports agent, yeah. you know? But it ultimately, I think, created this pretentious, a little side of me that I'm not really proud of. That'll do it for us here on a Thursday edition of the Locked On LSU podcast. If you've not done so yet, please subscribe however you get your podcasts. And be sure to join us tomorrow for a Friday edition of the Locked On LSU podcast. We'll start to get you ready for LSU Florida and Hoops from the Maravich Center on Saturday. Until then, Locked On LSU, your team every day.